أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I welcome you all to the fifth episode of our journey to learn about the seerah of our Prophet Muhammad and to learn about how his seerah connects with our lives inshallah <clears throat> and today finally we're gonna get to his uh, birth in the previous episode what were we discussing we were pretty much discussing the context prior to him uh, being born right what life was like in the world with the Roman Empire the Persian Empire the Arabs uh, Quraysh what were their weaknesses what were their strengths and all of that so you guys have enough of a background now but even today we will need to go into some uh, details about a very important event that happened in the same year that he was born so he was born in uh, 570 AD and it's known as uh, so we'll be, we'll be discussing that inshallah but before we um, continue like we do every time let us recite Surah Al-Fatiha silently from the heart with the intention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places his, his light and his knowledge into your heart. Alright, so they say, again there's a difference of opinion, but they say that he was born and back in the days they didn't really have like a counting system, so they wouldn't count years, they would recognize the calendar year by major events that happened during the year. But of course, the event of... Uh, the event of Ashab al-Fil after which Surah Al-Fil is uh, named. That's a significant event that happened in the same year that he was born, most probably. Allahu Alam. I thought it's very important also to analyze and study that specific event. Most of you have memorized Surah Al-Fil. Hands up if you've memorized Surah Al-Fil. Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashab al-fil. So it's one of those short surahs in Juz Amma. Um, it's a common one to recite to finish your salah quickly you know it's, it's quite short but it has a lot of uh, profound lessons and I thought today yes we're studying seerah but because this event is significant in the, bro in the birth of the Prophet's life let's study the surah as well and uh, it'll give you a flavor of um, the depth of the Quran and its language to give you a background, uh, and how many of you have never heard the, sto the story of the feel before? Okay, so most of you have heard the story, and um, inshallah we'll refresh, uh, refresh our, our knowledge of it all, inshallah. But to do that, we'll need to go back to a little bit about uh, Christianity. The, the so called attacker of the Kaaba, what was his name? Abraha al-Habashi, yeah, 
basically the background Malik on Christianity. Uh, so we need to understand a little bit about what was going on. Why did he want to attack and what was the context of what was going on. So to get into that, we need to understand and uh, there's two main empires, صح? What are the two major empires? On the, on, the west, on the east you have the Persians and on the west you have the Romans. What was the major religion of the Romans? You can guess. Christianity. What was the major religion of the Persians? Yeah, some pagan religion. They call it Zoroastrianism. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But basically they followed this guy named Zoroaster. It was a pagan religion. But what you need to understand from a, from a historical perspective in uh, after Isa alayhi salam. What message did Isa alayhi salam preach? What did he preach as a message? Which deen? No, so he preached Islam. All the prophets have been teaching Islam. Yeah, one message, same common message. The people just keep forgetting and, and distorting the message. So Isa was sent to bring back the message of Musa. And so um, after he is raised, Isa in our aqeedah, is he dead or is he, is he raised? Yeah, so he's not dead, he's raised and he will come back before the end of time. So after he was raised, there were three strands of Christianity that um, basically came out of that original teachings of, of Jesus, peace be upon him. Awalhum is, is a more of like um, an esoteric study of uh, Christianity, a lot of emphasis on the mystical aspects of Christianity, spirituality, and then the second the second strand was who we call the Jewish Christians. But like the sincere followers of the message. Okay? Those who followed the law of Musa precisely. We can call them Muslimin basically of that time. And they will you'll see them in, in Jannah inshallah and they're the ones who were loyal to Musa salam. They were loyal to Isa salam. That's why they, they call them Jewish Christians. They held on to the uh, legacy of Musa salam. They followed the, the law of Musa. The law of Musa. Anyone knows? What's the law of Musa called? Torah. صح? Torah. So the Torah literally means the law. Okay. The Torah had the Sharia of Musa back then. And so the followers of Musa and Isa, we call them the Jewish Christians. They used to eat kosher meat and they used to circumcise. Very, very similar to uh, our kind of Sharia. And uh, they didn't believe in the divinity of Isa. Very important to note, the Jewish Christians did not believe in Isa was the son of God or he was God. Ma'adallah. They, they believed that he was only a prophet and messenger of God, just like all the other prophets. But they were on the right path. What's, our, what's, what's their name? The Jewish Christians. Okay? Keep that in mind. And then there was, after Isa was raised, there came a, a guy named Paul who apparently met Isa in a dream and he started preaching 
his own version and his own theology of what, what Christianity was. And he is the one who came up with these aspects of divinity of Isa alayhi salam. Like in, uh, Jesus is the son of God, Jesus is God, or Trinity. Ta'afur fikrat al Trinity, right? Uh, God, Son, and the Holy Ghost. All these uh, very confusing concepts. He claimed that Isa alayhi salam is not just a normal man, that he died. When uh, the followers of Isa can do whatever they want, they can party in life. And khalas, Isa salam died for your sins on the cross. And khalas, uh, you guys enjoy life. You don't have to follow the Sharia anymore. And so. No. So, no. Exactly. exactly. That's for the people who came after. after. Yes, who, who um, yeah, distorted his message, and, and Paul was at the head of this. Yani. But that's why his version of Christianity is, is known as Pauline Christianity. Okay? And so, um, you won't believe this, but for 300 years, confi debate among Christians about simple things like was Jesus God was he the son of God was he a messenger did he die did he not die they couldn't figure this out um, but you have to understand that Romans before Isa what was the religion of the Romans kind of pagans they, had, like, they basically didn't believe in God but like Christian, Christians were like they're enemies. They used to, uh, you know, throw them into the... Uh, Romans used to enjoy watching people kind of uh, die in the... In the, uh, in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. They would throw Christians to the lions. Um, they would burn Christians alive. Oh, at one point, the entire city of Rome was, was burning with, with Christian bodies. Romans and Christians didn't get along, killish, yeah. okay? Until after about 300 years, a miracle happened. What was the miracle? The king of Rome accepted Christianity. But which, which version of Christianity? The Paul, exactly, the Pauline, Pauline Christianity. Uh, his name was Constantine, and he converted to Christianity. Oh, just to give you a context, this is huge. Then Rome, Rome is like an empire. But it's kind of like, يعني, can Joe Biden becomes a Muslim, you know? Or Rais al-Sin is a Muslim. It's big news for, and it has huge, huge, uh, it has a huge impact on the world. But he was the first Roman emperor to accept Christianity. And he set up a, a whole council and he started uh, bringing in the message of Paul, the Pauline version of Christianity, plus Shway mixed spaghetti, mal pagan religion, mal, mal Romans, you know. Um, they came up with things like the 25th of December being the birth date of Isa uh, and the Trinity. Um, any Jewish Christians, they were persecuted and killed. They, didn't, they wanted to delete that version of uh, Christianity. 
99% of Christians today are unfortunately followers of this Pauline Christianity uh, idea and very few remained uh, on the right path during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. A Unitarian Christians, but they do exist. But this is interesting facts for you to share with your uh, Christian housemates. Which they, I, I usually share it with my, my Christian housemate. Who she's, she agrees with the, uh, a lot of these ideas in the tara, Trinity, my Trinity, all these things. Tara, they're very confusing. They don't understand them. That's the another parents have taught them or parents, parents, but they're just born into the thing. Yes. Yes. No, because the Pauline Christians, again, when the Rome, Roman Emperor came into power, خلاص, Jewish Christians became a minority. Everyone became scared. Why it's time for people to hold on to their faith? You know what I mean? For, uh, people become weak in front of this. And uh, again, like I said, conflict, major conflict. But of course, because the emperor was a Pauline Christian, they were dominant. It was, it was a massacre. Unitarian and Jewish Christians were pretty much uh, non-existent then. So, why do I tell you about this Christian history? It's because you know, now we need to zoom into what was happening in Yemen. Where, where did Abraha come from? From Yemen. Okay, for, just to give you a context. For Yemen, specifically, there's the city named Sabah. Well, the idea in Surah in the Quran is called Surah Sabah. Okay. ملكة سبأ بعد مذكورة في القرآن أن she visited سليمان عليه السلام what's her name it's not mentioned in the Quran but traditionally ملكة سبأ it's irrelevant Allah didn't mention it but they say it her name was زليخة but الله أعلم يعني فanyway سبأ was very strategically located لأن if you look at it حتى on the geographical map it connects the east to the west. basically. is Yemen and then all the caravans would go and deliver goods all the way to Europe and, and the rest of the world. They were very strategically located. They were the political power of that time. Uh, Yemen was. And then the great flood happened in 450 CE. 450 CE, a great flood happened. Everything got destroyed. Yani Yemen was pretty much خلاص, game over. Yani. But a lot of people, a lot of Yemenis, they migrated uh, and left the region. These are like two major tribes in uh, Medina. They were they were Yemeni origins. Yemen, Yemenis settled near Zamzam, and in fact, Ismail السلام, the son of Ibrahim, married into these. Uh, Yemenis, so that's that's where you get like that, uh, yani Arab Arab lineage uh, coming into the Ismaili kind of uh, ancestry. O what happened was, fil Hajjaz. What happened was the children of Ismail Islam they decided, and now that Yemen is gone, it's no longer the central power. Let's make Mecca the center of trade, and let's take advantage of this void and this gap. 
But as the population was growing in Mecca, uh, Hashim was born 15 years after the flood. And it was his vision to make Mecca the economic center of, of uh, the, the Arab world at that time. For what belonged to Yemen ended up being an opportunity, or the disaster in Yemen was an opportunity for the Meccans, basically. Okay, very important for you to understand this. Fasawa agreements with like all, all the different tribes in Arabia, Sham, Al Habasha, Iraq, and Yemen, and these agreements are also known as uh, ta'lif, or like kind of like uh, agreements that soften the hearts and unite the hearts. Hence, Surat, Surat Quraysh, Li'ilafi Quraysh. Okay? These brothers who made the agreement, they call them Ashab Ilaf. And they were the ones who put these agreements together to unite the Arabs once again and to take, in, uh, uh, take advantage of that void. Also, you need to understand this. Um, and they used to oppress monotheistic Christians Jewish Christians were being oppressed in Yemen uh, there's another surah in, uh, which talks about the oppression that happened to these muwahidun they were like Muslims but like Muslim Christians basically Believing Christians, Jewish Christians, they were slaughtered, were thrown into pits of uh, fire, and, and that surah depicts uh, in, in great detail what happened, the crimes that happened in that time. So, uh, what happened was uh, some of these Muwahidun Christians they escaped that massacre. When, and they complained, and, uh, save us, يعني, these guys are, are slaughtering us. ف, that's where the Ethiopian Christians invaded Yemen and they set up a Christian king in Yemen. ف, why am I telling you this? I'm, I'm telling you how Christianity came into Yemen. Okay? So now there's a Christian king in Yemen and, and the king has like a wazir called Abraha. What does Abraha do eventually? He, he does like a coup d'etat on his on his king. We see Huwa basically the de facto king of Yemen. Now obviously what's his um, what's his goal? His goal is to revive the Yemen, revive Yemen as the center of trade and politics and power back from Mecca. Then uh, they had that legacy, it was lost. He wants to bring it back, yeah. Abraha al-Habashi was uh, Ethiopian, Ethiopian. That's why Habashi. Came, they came from uh, Ethiopia to Yemen and settled there. And he maintained very good ties with Ethiopia. And by the way, where did he get the, the elephants from? In Ethiopia. Mafi elephants fil Yemen. Right? Have you heard of elephants in Yemen? Mafi. But that's where they imported them from. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But his vision was to bring back the trade empire of Yemen and how would he do that he built this huge monument called Al-Qulays basically the equivalent of like uh, a competitor for the Kaaba it's a very uh, grand structure and uh, he was expecting and he'll build it and people will start coming to visit with he and, and slowly, slowly the everything will, will shift 
بس nothing happened and the Arabs were preferring the uh, the Kaaba obviously because of many other reasons صح? they were the idols who, and strategically there is a legacy there also you have the legacy of Ibrahim السلام, uh, you know which is tough to defeat But anyway Abraha sends a letter to the to Ethiopia tell, giving them a hint in Atara, I'm going to attack these guys uh, the only way for for um, me to regain power is to destroy the Kaaba and then all the traffic will be eventually diverted to Yemen okay and this letter gets leaked and uh, a lot of uh, you know Arabs get upset at, at this to visit this monument or structure and they um, basically defecate in the in that place then uh, they cause some fire to happen and it gets burnt and all of that but that really really pisses off Abraha you know so he basically that's the trigger and he reacts and he's like I'm attacking but he gets very angry and gathers an army of they say between 12 to 60,000 Um, and they say there were about nine, about a dozen or so a- 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 elephants. The the leader of the elephants' name was Mahmoud also. And it's interesting. Keep in mind um, his significance. It will come there. But basically, Yemenis and Ethiopians come together and he reaches Mecca in the month of Muharram. Now, Muharram, as you know, is one of the four sacred months in Islam. Okay. What are the sacred months? Dhul-Qa'da, Dhul-Hajjah, Muharram and Rajab. That's also kind of like a violation of uh, the sanctity of the sacred month. And that this is a sacred month. You know, so utter disrespect. Yes, it was considered Ashur al-Haram. Um, And of course, يستخدم, uh, elephants, like Arabs have never seen elephants in their lives, but for them this is like يعني, out of a movie, يعني, what are these huge animals? Hatta psychologically, you know, uh, you can compare that to like huge tanks nowadays, you know, like for, for someone who's never seen a tank and you see a huge tank. Uh, it, it psychologically defeats you, you know, when you see the, this uh, grand power in front of you. The, the connection between Surah Fil and Surah Quraysh, by the way, they're like consecutively ordered in the Quran. If you open the Mus'haf, Surah Al-Fil, Surah Quraysh. Is, there, is that a coincidence? No. Every single order of the Quran, there's a significance for it. And so why... What's the connection? Both are talking about uh, two c- critical aspects which Ibrahim made a dua for. The first part of the dua, which surah is going to be handling the amn of the Kaaba and the city, the security and the safety. Surah Al-Fil, obviously, because Allah is going to protect this house. Yeah? Uh, and then 
وارزق أهله من الثمرات that's لإلاف قريش it's more about business and trade and so you see how like the dua of Ibrahim is answered with two surahs that are consecutively ordered it's pretty amazing um, فأبرها gets to مكة and he captures 200 uh, of the livestock that belong to Abdul Muttalib who's Abdul Muttalib just to refresh جد النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام remember his name was Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib. Yes? Fa 200 of the livestock gets captured and Abdul Muttalib, out of all the, the people in Quraysh, he's the only one who has the guts to stand up to Abraha. And in fact, like they say that Khan la yani Azza Abdul Muttalib, when he went to visit Abraha, he sat on the floor and uh, Abraha got off his throne or whatever, big chair, and he came down and sat on the floor with Abdul Muttalib. So people recorded this, yani. And Gala Abraha Shfik Ya Yani Shtebi Bidlab. Gala Well I have no problem with you, but Tara Yani Oh sorry, Abraha Gal Hag Abdul Muttalib Tara I have no personal issue with you as Quraysh or just get out of the way. Ana I'm here with an agenda. My agenda is to destroy the Kaaba. Ubes. I don't want to harm you guys. But if you move out of the way, on the destruction and everything will be fine. Um, my intention is nothing against you guys. By the way, I didn't come to defend the Kaaba here. I didn't come to discuss with you why are you attacking the Kaaba. All I want is my livestock back. I've lost all respect for you. I thought like انت أكبر من كذي انت حين one of the leaders of Quraysh and you're uh, basically مو مهتم في الكعبة وياي تسألني عن uh, your sheep uh, that's really disrespect يعني he lost all respect فعبر المطلب شي قال رد عليه رد قوي and it's, it's, it's recorded in history he says إن ترى يعني the camels belong to me and therefore I came here to retrieve my camels. However, the Kaaba belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I don't need to come and, and, and discuss or seek help from you. Lana, the owner of the house is going to protect the house. But that was his uh, confidence. And this is now very important because through his blood will come. The Prophet ﷺ, it's, it's basically running in the blood, that connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And um, of course, this shows you the prestige of Abdul Muttalib, his yaqeen. All the people in, in, in Mecca, when, when Abraha came in with the army, they all went up to the mountains. Like standing in front of this army would mean suicide, that's stupidity. You can't defend uh, when, when you have elephants coming in the city. Fa they went up to the mountains. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as you know, He sent down what? Yeah, birds, literally. Yani. Fa, yani, on one hand, you have elephants, huge creatures of Allah, being defeated by a very insignificant... Uh, we don't see birds as like dangerous. You know what I mean? Yani, uh, they're very small and but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes he uses the 
the softest ways to, to eliminate his enemies. Can you give me other examples of how he does that? Besides birds, bats, you know. Jarad, yani Jarad was sent as a punishment to Bani Israel. Um, Sayha, literally, Samatu and Adab is Sayha. Literally, like a sound that you hear it and basically die. You know, like my, yani, uh, the army of Pharaoh gets destroyed with literally with water. Right? Water opens up and then they all drown in it. Um, one significant lesson out of this, which inshallah all of you should be aware of by now, is in that who is going to be born in this year? Prophet. If the Kaaba was destroyed and, and, and Mecca's story was over, what would be at risk? The Prophet's birth, literally. One way to understand Surah Al-Feel and the fact that he was born Aam Al-Feel was and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to protect this, this uh, very special birth. That's how special it was. But Allah wouldn't allow anyone to interfere and, and destroy the peace of the, of the Kaaba. Although in, in recent years, yani in the 70s or 60s, you can read about it. Have there been attempts to like, uh, destroy the peace of the Kaaba by lunatics? Yeah, it has happened. It, يعني, it's a recurring theme. Hatta uh, Saat, you see videos of like a crazy guy who just tries to run up to the Imam and disturb the peace. Get Jifto, high videos and clips. They're quite common. يعني, but of course, uh, of course, they're all failed attempts. In one case, it was quite uh, ugly. That showed machine guns and a lot of people died. And, you know, uh, there was a siege. Huh? Such? Again, when you have people with messed up brains, they start doing crazy things. This happened, unfortunately, in our history. But what we're learning here is in Dua Ibrahim alayhi salam. Rabbij'al hadha baladan aminan. Khalas, Dua Ibrahim is being answered till today. This was a great, great protection for the Prophet sallallahu birth. Let's move on. Wiyay in tokilikum. Akid. Um, so Mecca's literally its existence is a favor. Yani what, what are these two surahs, Feel and Quraysh, what are they telling Quraysh? In a way. Exactly. Yani kill favors. peace, prosperity. When are you going to be grateful? When are you going to accept the, the reality that these are God's favors upon you? Tarahai. Mumin shataratkum. Mumin. Yani, you didn't do anything to, to deserve any of this. These are all the favors of Allah upon you. Finnahaya took into a desert. Lawla Dua Ibrahim Tara literally shepherds and, and you'd be living in tents and you know. Now connecting that to our times, where can we draw like a, a kind of a simi, simi, similarity between what we just talked about and today. And again, Sirah Quran is for, for our life. Anyone? Can anyone? It's like in the situation of Sabi, 
Yeah, we don't need to mention countries, but in general, the region itself is blessed with a lot of prosperity and to some extent peace. Alhamdulillah, ma andana wars and we have a lot of wealth, alhamdulillah. يعني, a lot of people are, are literally leaving Europe and the States who coming literally to set up shop here in this part of the world. Peace and prosperity. So the message is till today, it's also alive for us and Ahna being recipients of this, these, this gift of amn and, and prosperity, we should it should be a reason for us to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It should be a reason for us to live up to the message of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It should be um, a means for us to go, get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not farther away from Him. Then it's very easy for you when you have peace and prosperity is to get stuck in worldly matters and, and you start, all you think about is money and power and uh, construction and development these are all good things best when that's all you think about when all you're obsessed about is worldly matters and you lose uh, spirituality you lose values what happens then then that blessing becomes a curse for you right it's and I just want to explain this then it will be a recurring theme throughout Sira the difference between Living a life where your qibla, and what I mean by qibla is your heart is directed towards Allah and akhirah versus a life where your qibla is dunya and, and temptations or shahawat. Okay? And uh, pay, all of you pay attention very, very uh, carefully. It's, very, it's a very, very important lesson. Fa, you have two contrasts. Andakum shaitan, he wants you to, he wants your qibla to be this low life where it's all about shahawat and materialism and uh, desires and competing with one another and ego and pride and but we'll summarize all of this as shahawat okay Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to live a life where we're engaged in this world we're actively doing great stuff we're building we're solving problems we're uh, innovating all of this best the qibla is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's akhira. It's liwajhillah. There's sincerity. You're doing it for Allah's sake. You're doing it with a sincere intention to help others. You're doing it to add value to others. There's no hidden agenda fil Okay? And, and so this path, we can call it the path of values or al-qiyam. For you have shahawat and you have qiyam. And, and when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surah al-fatiha, we ask for Surat al-Mustaqeem One of the meanings of Mustaqeem is Min al-Qiyam The path of uprightedness Min al-Qiyam Kalimat Mustaqeem Its root word is Qama To literally stand up and be upright And we use this hatha in, in casual language Flan Sida Ma alaha harakat Flana yani mashallah Sida Fa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kahf he says Alhamdulillah Alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitab 
There is no crookedness in this message. Qayyiman. It is, it is upright. Okay, Falqiyam make you upright. You be, no, you're not crooked anymore. A crooked person is someone who ilif widur, ufi nifaq, and fi masalah shaksiya, and they use religion for personal gain, and sometimes they don't even care about religion. And abnisbala, al masalah shaksiya is more important. So, when you follow the path of shahwat, it's going to be tiring, it's going to be suffering, it's going to be difficult. Then uh, that's never ending. And how much money can you accumulate? How much fame can you accumulate? How much power can you aspire to get? That's why Allah says in Surah Al-Takathur, Al-Hakum Al-Takathur. This, this need to accumulate more and more, Al-Takathur, Al-Hakum. It has, it has distracted you. Lahu means distraction. And Allah says, Hatta zurtum al-maqabar. Literally, you're, you spent your entire life being distracted from your objective, your mission, your purpose, and all you did was just live a life of temptation. Al-Hakum al-Takathur. Whereas Allah wants us, and the Prophet has taught us to live a life of values, qiyam, where you care about others. There's compassion, there's generosity, there's love, there's forgiveness, there's... Uh, care for the orphans, care for the needy, uh, greed, 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 and maximizing profitability and crushing your competitors. Yeah, let, me, let me give you an example from um, Imam Abu Hanifa's life, okay, about this, just so you understand. Let's make it real. When you live a life of qiyam, okay? He had a shop of textiles, umara marat yatla mara, with a very, very... Um, Exclusive kind of silk textile. It's worth more. He's telling it's worth more. زين, you know what? Okay, 200. It's worth more. It's worth more. It's worth more. And I'll buy it from you. This is what we're talking about. This is what Qiyam is about. Abu Hanifa was an expert of textiles. This poor lady like a very expensive textiles but she doesn't know its worth he knew its worth now he could have taken advantage of her ignorance and, and made a, يعني, a huge margin on this بس القيم ولا المصلحة الشخصية again القيم ولا الشهوات you see the difference this is what we're talking about now applying it to our lives في المدرسة ولا الجامعة ولا whatever are you studying for al-qiyam, which means for the knowledge, for the for ilm, which is which is qima, or are you studying for the GPA, and so that you can just memorize and pass the test and cheat your way through high school and cheat your way through college and use ChatGPT to finish your exams or, or pay someone to do your thesis for you and 
so that you can get your grades, so you can get your job, so you can get hooked on life. أي درب تتوقعون أمتع في متعة أكثر؟ إن شاء الله أنتوا عليتكم تربون عيالكم على هاي التعاليم إن شاء الله. You know it starts it starts with us. It's, it's not straightforward, it's complicated. You have the school, you have friends, you have society, you have all sorts of things going on. Um, that's, that's what we're saying is, we encouraged, let's start with ourselves. We're all here, inshallah, with the niyyah to shahwa. None of us is, there's no exams here, mafi financial compensation, mafi fame, there's none of that. Inshallah, niyyah comes in, and and that's why I hope you're like, lama lama we do things out of qiyam. There's enjoyment. There's pleasure. There's fiha muta. That's why time passes very quickly and like, um, and like there's energy. There's baraka fil mawdu. Compared, like remember school, college, like we used to hate it, right? Leish lana kila shahwa. Once you finish your exams, you, what you want to do with the books? You, you want to either burn them or You know? That's like celebration. That's utter disrespect to the books. We have no value for knowledge. That was studying. Now, business or, or work. Who are the successful business owners today? Are the ones who are focused on giving value to the customers. Akhlaq, uh, dealing nicely with suppliers, dealing nicely with your employees, being fair, being just, being merciful and compassionate, creating a, a, a healthy uh, workspace where everyone is contributing with innovation, with understanding, and there's shura and there's um, room for everyone to contribute versus all they think about in their business is profitability and you hire and you fire based on what makes more money and you don't care about the product you sell the crappiest product with so that you can make the highest margin and uh, and same applies to jobs most people select jobs or choose jobs based on what pays higher you know uh, not what and people go to their job Waiting for uh, payday, yani, you know. Yeah, very, very challenging, Sarah, um, to apply this. But if you, what if you were an employee who worked, when you yet, wherever you work, doesn't matter, 
I'm not saying quit your job and do something else that's meaningful. No. Wherever Allah has placed you, continue there, but change your qibla, right? Instead of trying to please the boss to get the promotion and, and to wait for the bonus and to complain about not getting a raise and looking forward to the weekends and the summer holidays, instead of that, why don't you shift your qibla towards how can I contribute to my organization? How can I make my customers happy? How can I improve my relations with my colleagues in, in whatever capacity you can you know ونطبق نفس الشيء شهوات versus قيم في الزواج you know why are you getting married is it a, is it a social uh, يعني, uh, arrangement where it's يعني, is it a business deal between two families is it what is it you know is it based on lust? Is it based on and I'm going to get a big house and a big nice car and I'm going to get to travel the world with this guy or this girl? Is it based on, you know what, I need a partner in my life so that we can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make this world a better place, raise children that will be inshallah, yani, super smart, intelligent, and super close to Allah and pure so that they can, inshallah, contribute to this world in a positive way. غير, يعني, it's totally different directions. You guys see that? Yeah? Totally different يعني, attitude and, and way of thinking. But that's what uh, the Prophet's message was. You have to keep this in your mind. And his message was a message of qiyam. It was... It was Waking people up who are in the slumber of this world and this dunya and shifting their qibla towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's literally like when man salli ahna, why is it such a big deal to point towards the Kaaba? Lish. Yani, you ever thought about it? Lish man al Kaaba. Because it's that one thing that uni unites all of us. If all of us lived a life of values and lived with that intention to please Allah, this world will be a paradise on earth. That's when people have different qiblas, then that's where problems are. That's where we, we become separated and there's hatred and, and uh, all sorts of uh, conflict on in this world. But moving on. By the way, for dua Ibrahim, there, uh, there was an interesting ending to the dua. Listen to it. With Qal Ibrahim, but there's a continu continuation to it. Men, there's like, like he's specifying who. Men amana minhum billahi wal yawm al akhir. Okay, who's gonna, who's gonna enjoy the blessings? Those who believe in Allah and the last day. Allah saying, as for those who disbelieve, Another meaning of kufr is opposite of shukr. As for those who are ungrateful. And another meaning of kufr is those who hide the truth. Sah? Maslaha fog al haq. Waman kafar fa'umatiuhu qalilan. I will make them enjoy for a temporary period of time. That's, this is scary. I'll make you enjoy temporarily. Fa'umatiuhu qalilan. Thumma, what's going to be the eventual result? Attaruhu ila adab al nar wa bi'sil masir. So these are powerful ayat that are like very real in our times today. 
exactly yeah we're, we're coming to that inshallah yeah great you mentioned that so uh, Ibrahim Islam adjust his dua then he says, Rabbana waj'alna muslim, muslimayni laka. He's talking about him and Ibrahim alayhi salam, uh, and Ismail alayhi salam while they're building the Kaaba. وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمًا Like make from our lineage also like an ummah that's uh, submitted to you. وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ So just some similarities also between uh, Al-Fil, which is Surah number 105, and Quraysh. Remember, peace and prosperity. We already talked about this. Um, now we go into the, the actual Surah itself. I wanted to share with you some like subtleties about the language that Allah uses in this Surah. أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ فَعْلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ First thing that stands out, Alam Tara, haven't you seen? Muhammad primarily. Who else? Us. Al-Mukhatab. Who's the who's it being addressed to? So Muhammad us as being reciters of the Quran, yes. Allah's telling us, haven't you seen? He's telling me and you, haven't you seen? He's telling the Prophet, haven't you seen? Who else is he s- telling, haven't you seen? The people of that time, the Quraysh of that time. And in a Prophet is reciting these ayats to his audience. Who is his audience? Quraysh, literally, you know. Um, and it's in the singular form. Allah Magal Alam Taraw, which would mean, haven't you all seen? He says, didn't you see specifically, like individually? Can Allah is talking to every single one of us? Individually, in that, haven't you seen? And the next question is, have like, have we seen anything? No. Uh, did the Prophet see anything? He wasn't born yet. The only people who saw it were like Abdul Muttalib and like his gang back then. It was an event in history that was. Um, witnessed by a limited group of people although it was heard by by the way um, the entire world the entire world were aware that this event happened in Arabia how did they come to know? who can tell me? Yalla. remember they're the connectors from the east to the west For an, a huge event like this it's pretty much a miracle that happened uh, in a way it's the last major visual miracle uh, on earth the last one where like a group is uh, where Allah sends down and defeats an army uh, and, and destroys the enemy so one way to understand Alam Tara is it's not physical seeing it's more of didn't you see what happened to them? Did, don't you know? Didn't you read about what happened to them? Well, Allah uses this language usually to, to talk about events of the past. Lish, al Quran is filled with stories of the past. To learn from the past. Yeah? To learn from other people's mistakes. 
And uh, always, whenever you read like biographies or, or self-help books written by gurus of success, what are they usually sharing? Yeah, their experiences of the past. And, and usually like the author, in just 300 pages, he'll give you 40 years of their experience. And that's why it's so valuable, you know. And so Allah's asking, have you not seen, have you not seen or considered or reflected on how your Rabb has dealt with Ashab al-Feel? How did he deal with them? And by the way, um, there is a similarity here between Musa السلام, and Muhammad because if you remember, Gabulma Musa السلام, was born, what did Fir'aun see in his dream? Yeah, a major threat, right? So, Kaaba was threatened by Abraha, similarly, Fir'aun was threatened for his entire empire to be gone. But there's a slight similarity between the two. Well, it's a miracle and Allah protected this house without bloodshed. That's one of the wisdoms also. And, uh, he wanted bloodshed, but Allah took care of it without, without that. Uh, one, one way to understand this is, aren't you amazed? Aren't you shocked at like how Allah saved his house with just a group of birds? And they like in some riwayat they describe them as really weird birds birds. Like in one riwayat birds that had heads that were like snakes. birds. They say they, they came in huge flocks, the entire sky became black. Um, they say that they had like each bird had like three stones, two in, in, in each of their legs and then one in their beak. And um, we'll, we'll come to that when we get there. But Alam Tara Kaifa Fa'ala Rabbuka Bi'ashabil Feel. And there's a lesson here also for just like Quraysh are symbols for Naya, of oppressive uh, leaders and, and, and people of authority who, who put shahawat over their, like over Qiyam, Mastaha, Fog. This is when they read this, this is a message to them. Don't you learn from the lessons of the past? Didn't you see how effortlessly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can and can destroy you? And also here there is like a, a very very important lesson for Al people who are mazlumin okay in this world then al mazlum usually like their main uh, complaint or, or their concern is what usually exactly but this surah this surah is healing for such people i don't underestimate the fact that intumandakum Weapons, strength, power. This material stuff is, means nothing. Abra had elephants, you know, birds were sent to to fix things up. And and in another way, يعني, also means in, uh, يعني, 
this event was so real it was recorded in, in their history books and it was told as a story from one generation to another to another to another it's it's real you know but it's it's like and and because it's been described in such detail in the quran it's been preserved as if you can literally see the event and you have some certain cartoons made up about like of the event itself you can you can watch it on youtube that visualizes for you the whole thing it's literally kana you're seeing it yani and that's why allah this yani mentions details wa arsal alayhim tayran ababil tarmihim bihijaratin min sijil faj'alhum ka'asim ma'kul very detailed descriptions of of what happened and that's what's called aynul yaqeen when you uh, they say seeing is believing صح uh, one thing is to see smoke from far away and say, oh, there's a fire. That's ilmul yaqeen. And then the next thing is, you go closer to that place and you actually see fire. You saw it with your eyes. Now, is your yaqeen higher? Yeah. And then the highest level is when you, when you go and touch the fire and it burns your finger. That's haqqul yaqeen. Yeah. That's khalas, you've, you've tasted it. Yeah. There's no shek. It's not an illusion. So, you, all of you guys know this. This is an event that's mentioned in your... Uh, it's there in the calendar. Malhum, you know? Amil fil, ma'roof. It's there. You can't deny it. It happened. And uh, so it's a reminder of... It's like comforting him because he's dealing with who now? He's dealing with Quraysh. And, and Quraysh are clearly his enemies and they're threatening him. They're trying to kill him. Eventually they're going to try to kill him. That's why he does hijrah. So there's a lot of resistance. And then, and then Allah sends down the surah to comfort the Prophet And that haven't you seen what I did with Ashab al-Fil? What are you worried about? Relax. I'm here. I'll take care of things. Don't worry. You're a minority. Don't worry. They have strength. They have money. Don't worry. I have birds. You know, I have the wind. Jundullah is the wind, literally a wind. Reeh, Allah calls it Reeh and Sarsara. You know, water, Sayha. It's comforting to the Prophet and it's a warning to Quraysh. Didn't, you guys didn't see what we did to the people to Ashab al-Fil and you're repeating the same mistake you're, you're, you're uh, there, there's not much difference between you guys and Abraha by the way Lish Abraha shouldn't call agenda mala yeah it, was, it wasn't a religious thing right shouldn't be business or maslaha صح or لا فكأن in a subtle way Allah's telling he's calling out the, the intentions of Quraysh also um, <clears throat> and and the the emphasis on how, not ماذا فعل, because what did he do? Allah protected the house, but how he protected the house—that's what's incredible. The fact that it was birds, who, you know, against elephants, literally. That's that's what's so amazing. Or they say that Abraha uh, got basically, يعني في wide روايات بس one of the روايات is that this this يعني the hijara means sujil. It's like hot clay, uh, dried clay that basically, uh, when it touches your body, 
it would create this uh, it would yani create this kind of reaction with your skin which would start burning and melting so uh yani very disgusting kind of uh, descriptions are mentioned in tafsir hatta in one description uh it would hit the person literally in their skull and it would come out from their behinds this 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 hijara uh, min sijil and and targeted like literally like missiles targeted to hit to hit every single one of the army members yeah الحجارة شو؟ أي سجيل also yeah uh, rocks from جهنم and so by the way when when uh, Abraha is hit by this and they say that like a صار في um, a major disease that was spread because of like the skin disease it was and they say it was the first waba literally that was like يعني for humanity ever to be experienced يعني then they had dead bo- bodies all over but specifically Abraha's body he fled and he went back to Yemen and he died there and then when the Yemenis saw this there was hikmah in this right like are they gonna revolt and, and try again now the Yemenis after seeing the fact that their king came back in this in this يعني, uh, state خلاص تبنا you know like for, for them it was an example um, فلا الأثيوبيانز ولا اليمنيز tried to do a second counter attack تمستوعبين هالشي usually like when there's like an uh, a defeat usually the enemy tries again صح but this was like يعني uh, a knockout يعني خلاص they're, they're never gonna come back after seeing this horrific state of uh, Abraha and by the way, fa'ala, when Allah uses fa'ala, it, it signifies instant and ease. Yani, he doesn't need to do much. Fa'ala. How, uh, what did he do with them? He just, you know, it was a very simple thing with no effort. And Allah uses the word rabbuka here to remind you, Natara, yani, all of this is not because Allah is angry with you or upset with you. Tara, Allah still loves you. He's still, Rabb means your loving master, your caring master. Min al-tarbiya, صح? Al-murabbiya min al-um, صح? Madrasa, mafruz, tkun al-murabbiya, صح? Al-tarbiya wa al-ta'aleem. I don't know if that's happening or not. بس. They don't have the power. But the true teacher is like a teacher al-murabbi. The true shaykh, they call him a shaykh al-murabbi. The one who nurtures their students. Fa-al-rabb. Is, uh, is a beautiful name of Allah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Surah Al-Fatiha starts with this why? to remind us that Allah is lovingly taking care and nurturing us in a very beautiful way step by step that name is used here to, to remind them that this Lord of yours He still loves you just turn back to Him Tubu إلى الله you know just change your qibla Get your act together. And Allah yani, Allah's waiting for you. You take one step to Allah and everything will be forgiven. And, and He'll take ten steps towards you. But for criminals and, and really, really, really evil people who are doing a lot of injustice and uh, all sorts of corruption on earth, tara, this ayah is giving them hope. And tara, why is Allah even 
asking you to reflect on what happened in the past. Why is he doing that? And he loves you. Right? And he wants you to learn the lesson and come back to him. But there's uh, immense rahmah and love in this. And then Ashab al-Fil, also very interesting. Yani, uh, on the one hand, you have Ashab Muhammad, وسلم, and you have, uh, which Ashab Muhammad is an is a honorable title, صح? compared to Ashab al-Fil, literally like, يعني, Allah, يعني, in a way, is telling them how um, insignificant their companionship is. Ashab Haywan, you know? And what are you guys doing? Uh, you have no morals, no intellect. And Haywanat is a symbol of no morality, no intellect. يعني. But with their act or their intention of attacking the Kaaba, why are you acting like animals, if not worse? In fact, animals are better than the army. Remember I told you about Mahmoud, the, the leader of the Al-Fiyala? So they say that when he, he was the leader and when he entered, he was the biggest of all also. When he entered the Kaaba, um, he could not shayar, يعني, he couldn't proceed. When they would turn his uh, direction, he would walk. But when they would turn his direction towards the Kaaba, he could not go forth. Of course, it knows its Rabb, so it wouldn't dare go forth. In this is a lesson for us and that sometimes animals can be better than human beings. And Allah says, tells us in this ayah, We have prepared for the hellfire a lot of the jinn and the, and the human, human, humankind. Why Allah? They have hearts but they don't comprehend. They have eyes, but they don't, they don't see. They, don't, they can't see reality for what it is. They have ears, but they don't hear the truth. They are verily, verily like animals, if not worse. In fact, they're worse. And those are the heedless, the ghafilun. What is ghafilun? Ghafla is what? It's, it's actually different than ignorance. Dalal is ignorance. Huh? Uh, yes, like heedlessness. Ghafla means you're unaware, you're, um, you're deluded, you're distracted. I think it's the closest word. Yeah? Distracted from the truth, distracted from your purpose, distracted from al uh, qiyam, and you're just immersed in your shahawat and your ego and your pride and your love for this dunya and love for pleasing others and competing for money and power and fame and, and pleasing others. So that's, can Allah saying that's what happens? To you, you become worse than animals. And do you see that in our lives today? Yeah. Human beings acting worse than animals? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, yani, subhanAllah, yani, we've reached a time. I was just having a conversation with my cousin about like that really nice place where people had pets and stuff. And uh, it's true, Tara. Yani, 
this pets industry is growing, right? Because people uh, can actually, uh, or, or they trust animals more than human beings now. You'd rather like have, then an animal is going to be, especially dogs are loyal to you. They uh, won't cheat on you. They won't say nasty things to you. They forgive you. All they want is, all they just want is love and cuddling and, but subhanAllah, yani, there is uh, a big lesson in this, you know, and pets, uh, and we're not saying, we're not in any way demeaning pets, but what we're saying is that you know, like where's rahmah in people, where's trust, where's integrity, where's loyalty, where's didn't he make their plan go to like تضليل, like misguidance okay let's talk a little bit about this their plans made went to wait what plan what plans yeah, Abraham has plans. And obviously, you have army, you have Nasm in Ethiopia, or elephants. Or, يعني, I'm sure the timing, like you said, strategically, right? Uh, there was so much planning involved. Again, another favor of Allah on us is sometimes احنا, يعني, this word Kaid is very interesting. Before that, Yaj'al, again, Ja'ala, right? أَلَمْ تَرَكَ إِفَا فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ أَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ Now here. Before it was just فَعَلْ Now يَجْعَلْ يَجْعَلْ is in the present form. What's the difference between present form and the past? Do you remember in the Arabic language? يَجْعَلْ يَجْعَلْ continuous. وَجَعَلَ is once in the past. فَيَجْعَلْ كَيْدَهُمْ كَأَنَّ Allah is saying Till the end of time, there will be evil people who will be planning evil uh, and, and mischievous plans. We call conspiracy, conspiracy theories. And God planning. Exactly, exactly. That's makar. Eh, eh. Yes, yes. Exactly. They plan and Allah plans. And Allah is the best of planners. But in this kaid here is like an evil plan. It's like, and We'll come to that. Ja'al means to take something and to transform it into something else. They had a plan and this plan انقلب عليهم. Literally, the elephants were the like the main ingredient in the whole attack, right? You know, Al-Fiyala Aslan didn't come in handy at all to them. But Allah took that, their biggest weapon, and converted it into their own defeat. And it was humiliation for them, of course. But they planned, they trained themselves, they marched, they, they tried to execute their plan, but it got wasted, completely wasted. Yaj'al kaydun fi tadlil, that's what it means. You can plan as much as you want. Allah's going to put it to waste. 
This is the ayah we were referring to earlier, right? يَمُدُّهُمْ فِي طُغْيَانِهِمْ اللَّهُ يَسْتَهْزِئُ بِهِمْ وَيَمُدُّهُمْ فِي طُغْيَانِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ Allah sometimes does this with people uh, who are extremely rebellious. What He does is He allows you to take one step, two steps, three steps, then... It's kind of like, like my teacher used to give the example of like, imagine you have a dog that's, that has a 300 meter leash attached to it. And then and that leash is like connected to like, let's say a, tr- a tree trunk. Uh, like he'll, he'll, he'll think that he's free and he's going to run as fast as he can. Uh, eventually, when it comes to the end of the rope, our leash, yeah. Um, the believer who Allah loves their leash is very tight tightly tied to the, uh, to the tree leash and Allah wants them to stay close in fact not even come back because you're not, you're not going away you're, you're with Al-Qarib you're close to them too close to Allah so Allah wouldn't want you to go far away whenever you try to go far away he'll yeah, he, he'll do something for you to come back. You go off track, he makes you come back. Yeah. Of course, yes. 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 Exactly, exactly. Yes. Taban, sickness, they say, is one of the reminders of death. And, and our, يعني, it's supposed to make us humble and uh, it's a reality check in the no matter how many vitamins I take no matter how many sit-ups I can do and crossfit one flu, one bacteria and you're on the bed it shows you how weak we are and the fact that we need to go back to Allah yes Yes, yes, absolutely. That Allah places ghashawa uh, on their hearts. Fi adanim waqran also, yeah. And these are all diseases of the heart. Fa Abraha miskin, you know, he, th- he thought, yeah, I had a plan, it's going to work. Umashi ma'al elephant to thee. And Yosal Hanak, and he gets surprised he, with something he could never have put in his plan. In the, yani, Birds coming down with stones from the hellfire. You know, it's like from a Star Wars scene. What's happening? That's how Allah works. Um, And this is all to protect the Kaaba. It's all to answer the dua of Ibrahim. And it's all to prepare for the coming of the Prophet for his birth, literally. All of these things. That's how special the Prophet ﷺ is. This whole event occurred just to protect his birth. Stawabini, I need is is importance. And of course, it's a hint to Quraysh. Why? Because what are the Quraysh doing also, day and night? Planning, planning, planning. How can we get rid of him? Shall we try to bribe him? And at one point, they bribed him. Bribed him. You want to be the king of the city, we'll make you the king. You want money, we'll give you money. You want women, we'll give you women. They tried. I'm 
I'm not going to leave my deen. And then Surah Al-Kafirun comes down. Lakum deenakum deen. Like there's no compromise. I'm not going to compromise on my deen. That's a big one, Tara. Compromise. You know? That's what made the Sahaba so special. And uh, they didn't compromise on their values. That's what we were talking about earlier, right? You have situations in life where you have to decide, shall I compromise on my values or should I stick to them? And from a dunyawi perspective, if you compromise, you lose. But from an akhara perspective, if you don't compromise, you win. And Allah will give you the rizq in the best way, in the purest way, you know. If you have yaqeen though, it, it requires a, like a very high, 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 high level of, you know, yaqeen and iman that like, if I'm going to be on Salat al-Mustaqeem, Allah is going to take care of me. It's a state, yes, it's a state. Um, and that's when you, like, يعني, in Surah Quraysh, interesting, it talks about this fear and anxiety. Right? Everyone's afraid, especially in these days. You hear about unemployment and job cutting and all that kind of stuff. People are afraid, fear anxiety. They're going to the office afraid. That's so unhealthy, Yani, you know? Um, But it's, it's a great test, يعني, هذيل, uh, يعني the times we live in. Allah يكون في العون, you know? Um, and of course, what's the difference between Kaid and Makr? The linguists say that Kaid is like a military ambush in secret. But فيها, فيها action. That's Kaid. Makr is just sitting in a room and planning, like a mastermind kind of group. The, you know, a chalkboard and you're planning, but... The actual action is Kaid. For Abraha was, Allah is talking about his Kaid itself. The action scene itself was completely uh, uh, dissolved. Again, here. One thing that you have to understand is Abraha, was his plan open or a secret? Open. It was actually open. So why did Allah use Kaid? Can't open. That's the difference. Exactly. And uh, also, remember he had a hidden agenda also. Okay, he was attacking the Kaaba and destroying it. But what was his hidden agenda? Exactly. 
انورس قريش هاد ذا سيم بروبلم صح بالنسبه لهم بعد المصلحه والفلوس ويعني ريليجن واز جست لايك ا فساد رايت ان رياليتي ذي ذي وانتد ذا باور اند اند ذا برستيج اند ذا اثورتي ان كعبه ان تضليل وات از ذس مين ويستد ديسترويد نوت يوزبل اني مور ضال سمثينج اتس لوست يو كان فايند ان تضليل هاز ذس ايديا اوف ريبيتيشن تو ات ويستد 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 You know, over and over again, the the qulays that he built was wasted. It was pretty much burnt. Yani, stazza or fil fil construction that that he did, the Kaaba attack failed. Uh, in fact, there was increased honor of the Kaaba. Yani, red. Yani, in galbat alay, صح? Now people regarded Kaaba as even more special. Yani, fa there was even more customers for Quraysh. You know, but this event actually. Uh, benefited Quraysh Then it's it's free marketing صح? Like literally Allah sent birds Why? This major miracle event happened It's just going to increase the uh, The specialty of this place You know Which means more customers More traffic for uh, Quraysh More footfall for Quraysh Literally Again لِإِلَافِ Quraysh comes later فَلِيَعْبُدُ رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Allah did this favor for you Are you going to Enslave yourself to him or no? Or are you going to enslave yourself to your desires? Because there's either this or that. Either enslave yourself to Allah and submit yourself to Allah, which is فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ Which Allah protected. Or are you going to enslave your, uh, yourself to your desires and to dunya and to shaitan and to your nafs and to people? وَأَرْسَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ طَيْرًا أَبَابِيلًا And notice, عَلَيْهِمْ He sent from up above. Why? لِشْمُ إِلَيْهِمْ He sent to them. عَلَيْهِمْ emphasizes like and it's coming from a higher authority down. You know? It's, it's also humbling them. إِنَّ تَرْهَيْ مِنْ فُوْقِيَا يعني You can't stop it. And it's coming from a higher place. Way above you. And طيران, they say the linguists and يعني the fact that it, Allah used a tanween. He could have said وأرسل عليهم طيوراً. طيوراً is soft. طيران is more scary. Like for the Arabs, when there is a tanween in the in the in the end, it highlights like this a dramatic uh, aspect to the word itself. Yes, yes. Exactly. So they came in flocks, and the entire sky they say was black. It was a gift for the Prophet ﷺ again. Before his birth, Allah is going to protect the city and defend his house to revive revive the legacy of Ibrahim. Tarmihim bihijaratim min sijil. Rami means literally to aim at something like min rimaya, like archery. It's called rimaya. Why? Because you're aiming at a target, and it doesn't miss. And so every single one of those stones actually hit the target, you know, exactly where it was meant to hit. Tarmihim bihijaratin min sijil, stones made of hard clay. And uh, again, it's, this is like, imagine the Quraysh people listening to these ayat, you know. Yeah, those stones could have hit the Quraysh who were hiding on the mountain, صح ولا لا? But they didn't. Yeah, and when it rains down, الكل اللي في المنطقة يتأثر صح ولا لا؟ 
بس الله رحمه ان ترى قريش who are also criminals in their own way are up on the mountains watching this whole thing happen and the stones are only being thrown at Abraha's army and they're being saved from the stones isn't that a favor also and tarmihim is continuous right fa'il mudara and and by the way there's gravity also fa yani birds throw them down and then there's who remembers the the number from physics when you multiply a number by the force of gravity نسيت any physicist here لا ف yeah it, it just keeps increasing speed 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 guided missiles literally for each criminal uh, individually and this it, Allah, basically Allah destroyed them with water and dust yeah, that's what uh, hajara is actually water and dust combined together water and clay combined together and one ishara here is what does ishara mean sometimes Allah yani, the ayat have a literal meaning and then there's a hidden meaning that's more like esoteric so one ishara here is that their hearts were stones but their punishment the only punishment they deserved is, is stones and Allah in Surah Al-Baqarah describes people whose hearts are literally stones even worse, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some, some stones, uh, rivers come out of them. You, you guys, your hearts are, you know. Why are they so hard? And so hijara here is like a, a, there's a symbolism. And like we said, it caused swelling and skin burns and infections. It was the first plague uh, in that part of the world and maybe in worldwide. Again, he transformed them into asfas, uh, dead corn stalks. And it comes from asif. Asifa means like a very um, violent wind. Asifa, صح? Ma'kul, also that like cattle would eat bits of, of food and, and يعني, the remains, the crumbs of that food would, would, would is what's called, is what's highlighted in asfan ma'kul. Can someone ate something and then the crumbs are just remaining there. But يعني, Allah is telling us that they were basically, they, they were nothing. Crumbs can be like literally blown away with the wind. Grinded, chewed, completely crushed and destroyed. And uh, totally worthless. And notice how like the rhythm changed at the end. And this is another, and folk, all this beautiful language, the rhythm itself is, uh, it changes at the end. Notice it starts with, Alam tara kayfa fala rabbuka bi ashab al-feel. Alam yaj'al kaydahum fi tadlil. وأرسل عليهم طيرا أبابيل ترميهم بحجارة من سجيل فجعلهم كعصف مأكول. The ending is even different. You know, this is Allah's way of also for the listener to realize in the يعني the end is dramatic. You know, uh, amazing صراحة. This is the power of the Quran. فأجان related to your life, guys. يعني this surah. Very important for us to relate the Quran to our lives. Number one, 
What's the lesson we learn from this surah? Do we need protection, Aslan? But we have this idea that anxiety, we have all sorts of threats. We think that we can be harmed. And why do people have anxiety? Uncertainty in Allah al-Hafiz, right? Anxiety? <laughs> Could be, but again, uh, genetics. Whatever is the cause, whether it's genetics or, or you've learned it, it can be fixed. The Quran heals everything, hatta genetics, you know? I, ideally, لا, you want to be in a state of a mu'mina is in a state of like amna and iman. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yani, as you progress on this path to Allah, yani, especially under the guidance of a, of a Shaykh Murabbi, what they will do to your heart is they will fill your heart with more and more yaqeen, more and more knowledge of Allah. Allah. When you know Allah on a deeper level, like yani, if I ask you, is Allah al-Hafiz? We all know this. On a خنقول, um, basic level, بس, there's a difference between knowing that Allah is Al Hafiz and truly believing it in the depths of your heart completely, you know. For that's that's an uh, aspiration to reach, then uh, that is possible. And uh, dhikr of Allah uh, under a guided, uh, guided teacher or a, a guiding teacher gets you to that level where you know Allah on a deeper level and And when you literally have that yaqeen in your heart then uh, events of life become uh, insignificant uh, and that's that's what separates the awliya from like the you know the regular mu'mineen they have a deeper knowledge of God they have um, a stronger level of yaqeen and certainty. But it's, it's attainable. And majal maftuh, al bab maftuh. You know? Uh, and so another message here is about like our reliance on materialism versus reliance on Allah. And then we live in the, in the world of materialism. Sa'at ahna nhissin الأسباب الدنيوية is like plays a big role science and things that you see and touch and, and measure we get so impressed by that and we think that this is the ultimate power بس ننسى أن ترى في في الله في angels في عالم ثاني that's way 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 much more stronger and powerful than anything else that you you can relate to in this life with your senses صح ولا لا ف 
that's one of the things about the surah that يعني, really is amazing and uh, يعني, elephants or abraha and army from ethiopia and yemen coming to like people of the desert يعني, resistance they've all escaped to the mountains and yet allah uh, shows you his power you know Exactly, exactly, yes. Allah, without Allah's permission, nothing nothing can take place. No event can take place without Allah's permission. And everything is under Allah's qayyumiyyah. Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum. He is qayyum, qa'imun ala kulli shay. You know, like he, he has authority over everything. He has control over everything. He has to give permission for something to happen. For it to happen, مستحيل يصير شيء من غير إذن الله سبحانه وتعالى. And the earthquakes that happened, it happened because of the permission of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. You know. إيه man made وهاي. Yeah, natural disasters, calamities, again, with Allah's permission, they happen. And if Allah doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. If Allah wants it to happen, nothing can stop it. And human beings, Mahma is a wound, conspiracies and planning and this and that, without Allah's permission, it's not going to happen, you know. But when you have that yaqeen, khalas. Whenever something that you think is bad that happens in your life and you know deep down inside in that Allah permitted this to happen, then يعني, you surrender. You say, Allah, there is hikmah in this, there is wisdom. I still believe and trust that you are loving, that you love me and this thing happened for a reason. I don't know fully yet what this reason is. I may never know what this reason is fully, but I trust you because all I have is trust. All I have is trust and hope that Ya Allah, يعني, this is for the better. You know? So trusting and depending. Are we depending on dunyawi reasons or are we depending on Allah? Tawakkul, you know? It's a big lesson in this surah. Uh, yes, we go to the doctor when we're sick, but who's going to heal you? It's Allah, right? Al-Tabib is just a sabab. It's one, one means. Yani, it's okay to seek help, but Allah is the ultimate healer. Allah is the ultimate provider. He's the one who's going to keep you safe. You can put surveillance cameras and a security guard outside, Allah is going to protect you. Those are all means. Getting into the birth now, finally. background, We have to talk about the marriage. Now, first of all, Abdul Muttalib meets a priest 
at one point in his life before getting married and the priest tells him from your lineage someone special is going to come but I'll give you advice to marry from this family called Bani Zahra Abdul Muttalib he has these visions all the time he keeps hearing from people in Tara from his lineage someone special is going to be born he's like waiting anticipating the birth of someone special but he follows the advice of the priest and he marries from Bani Zahra he marries Hala bin Wahab and then many years later, he, when he uh, has Abdullah as a son, he marries her also to the same tribe, to the same family. Amina bin Wahab from Bani Zahra also because he was uh, waiting for this uh, special child to be born. And so when Abdullah, by the way, back then when, when uh, marriages used to happen, il, uh, <laughs> Back then when they used to get married The husband would have to stay in the, the wife's house for three nights For three nights And then uh, he had to leave for business That's three nights That's custom Three nights And then you do your thing. He had to leave for business after the three nights. And then months passed and the caravan returned, but without him. But they asked, Wayna Abdullah. And uh, they said that he was sick. He got sick and he was left in a different city. Abdul Muttalib sent his other son to go and find out what happened. And they came back with, his, uh, with the sad news of his, uh, his departure from this world. But Abdullah dies literally. Yani, literally, he spent three nights with his wife and has never seen his son. But guess what? Amina gets pregnant. And uh, she's carrying the child uh, without a father, literally. Yani, this, this child is going to be born an orphan. And the, the definition of orphan, or yatim, is a child who's yani, fatherless up to the age of 18. Or sin al buluh, they say, and fourteen, whatever. After that, you're no longer a yatim if you can, if you're able and you're able to kind of earn and all of that. So they say that Amina Radhanha's um, pregnancy was extremely light. You know, um, and so on the twelfth of Rabi' al Awal. Again, Allah alam if this is accurate, but this is what the historians say. Which is, yeah, if you, you know, there's converters from Hijri to Gregorian calendar. If you put in 12th Rabi' al Awal, 570 AD, you get 20th, uh, 20th April or something like that. So, anyway, uh, it was Fajr time. And there's a symbolism here also that, yani, after the darkness of. Um, there's no prophet for literally 600 years. Isa is raised. Nearly 600 years ago, Mafi Nabi, Mafi Rasul, Mafi Guidance, Mafi Noor, Mafi. It's dark, and now all of a sudden, what is Fajr? Fajr is like the explosion of light, light in, in, or like into the into the darkness. It's the first signs of light. But there is a symbolism between him being born in that time, and uh, and of course he wasn't born in Ramadan or like on a Friday. Hey, exactly, Monday. Leish. That's, uh, that's why they saw on Monday, yeah. Leish, 
لان اذروايز بيبل سي يعني هيز هيز بليست بيكوز اوف ذا اوف ذا داي ذات هيز بورن ان اور هيز اي بس لا ذا بروفيت از بليست يعني بيكوز هيز بليست يعني ما له علاقه باليوم ولا بالشهر ولا بشيء يو نو يا They said it's 50, he was born 50 days within the incident of Ashab al-Fil, yeah, and, and yeah, Mecca literally just saw a miracle, the whole world heard about it. And so all eyes are on this place. All eyes in the world are on this place, and the Prophet is born in that time. فَكَأَنَّ Allah created a stir in this, in this region. So that people can see and be interested to know what's going on, you know, Subhanallah. And um, he was born close to the event to know the truth. Now, um, imagine like يعني, the Prophet is, is growing up as a child, and he's hearing what what are people going to be talking about for many many years? This event exactly. It's like يعني, something that everyone's going to be talking about. Over and over again, I think on 9-11, like yeah, there's so many documentaries so for so long, like there's new things coming up. It's kind of like that, in that, in that the Prophet was going to be born and raised listening about the story. Like he, he's going to be hearing about the fact that birds came down and protected the Kaaba. And birds came down to protect his people. The Mitrabi at a, at a time very close to and, and they're going to probably tell him by the way you were born in the same year Fa, is he going to be born with like a, a mature kind of mindset from, from yeah. a very early age of course you know and you know how it is like with major events the farther away you are from the events the less significant it becomes and the, you know, the less impacted you are for example World War 1 or World War 2 were they significant events they were. They were. I mean, not to us. Lish, and we were just so far away from it, you know. But if you ask like someone who's lived, like your great grandfather or someone who's uh, been living in that time, in the countries that were affected, exactly, geographically, exactly, exactly. Yeah. يعني uh, the idea was in great events, الأحداث العظيمة تصنع الرجال. And this is one of the things that um, we can benefit from our, our life today when we see difficulty and trials and tribulation in the world and calamities and disasters. Tara, the next generation that like, has seen all this kind of uh, destruction, will they come out more mature and more resilient and more thick-skinned? And is there a, Can we see some benefit in, in all of this? Absolutely. And not only will they be ulama, but they will be uqala and ruhama also at the same time. For they're great, because if you have greatness, like power, you need to have mercy, you need to have mercy and intelligence. Because if you have someone who's strong, but ghabi, or strong, but evil, then that's uh, problematic. You need a combination of all three. Quwa, and dhaka uh, and rahma, right? The heart also. The mind, the heart, and, and the physical strength. Um, 
and they say that he was born very close to the Kaaba, like 200 meters from the Kaaba. You know where uh, the Mount of uh, Marwa is? That's, that's where Amina's like, house was. That's pretty close, yeah, in distance. Not far away. Um, and in the, in, the, in the hadith, they ask him, Akhbarna an nafsik. The Sahaba asked him about, uh, asked the Prophet, tell us about yourself. So he says, Da'wat Abi Ibrahim. I'm the, I'm the answer of the dua of Ibrahim. Literally, Rabbana wab'ath fihim rasula minhum. Remember that dua? Um, and then, Wabushra Isa. Because in the, in the Bible, Isa Islam told his people about Ahmed. Rasulan yati min ba'di ismuhu Ahmed. And then he says, وَرَأَتْ أُمِّي حِينَ حَمَلَتْ بِي كَأَنَّهُ خَرَجَ مِنْهَا نُورٌ أَضَاءَتْ لَهُ خُصُورُ بُصْرَى مِنْ أَرْضِ الشَّامِ So they say that when, when going through pregnancy and labor, Amina Radha'anha, she saw this brilliant light coming out of her, lighting up for her all the way to Sham. Now, the ulama say, why Sham? It's because that's where Isa Islam came out of you know so there's this connection now or continuation of the nur from Isa Islam 600 years ago to Muhammad Islam. So, so it's like yani, it's a, there's a common message here there's no yani, Christ, yani, the Prophet is not here to compete with Isa Islam. it's just a continuation of that light and uh, he was honored with like back then Al-Murdaat uh, someone who midwives is that the right term yeah is it common nowadays like those who breastfeed the child uh, w- uh, along with the mothers? Not it's not before. I think, uh, I think it's ended with like our grandparents. Okay. Fa, yeah, four midwives were honored with this. And, and look at this, Yani. It's so beautiful how like each one of those women, they were blessed so much just for being honored to, to breastfeed this, this child. Fa, um Ayman was the first one. She, uh, she ended up becoming the mother of Usama. Who... Uh, became uh, yani one of the most important figures during uh, the life of the Prophet he was the one assigned to go on uh, in the battlefield uh, towards the end of the life of the Prophet Osama bin Zayd and then you have Shifa she was also assigned to be uh, a midwife feeding the Prophet she became the mother of Abdurrahman ibn Auf, literally like the equivalent of Elon Musk today, yani, of that time. Abdurrahman ibn Auf, they say like, MashaAllah alayhi, Allah mubarakla fil business, anything he would touch would turn into gold. Yani. Not literally, but that's how he was. Yani. They say that he, um, when he did hijrah from Mecca, he left everything behind. You know how they say like uh, true businessmen, even if they lose all their money, they're easily, they can create that money again. Why? Because they know the skill. So he was exactly like that. Because of course Quraysh didn't let, the, let him take anything with him. So, uh, he ended up migrating to Medina and then, inshallah when we get there we'll study this, but the Prophet did something genius. He did something called Al-Ikha. Like he, he assigned brothers, like he assigned a pair, uh, pairs basically. Fakil Muhajir was assigned a, a buddy from the Ansar, from the Medina. Like there was, it was like a buddy system. Fa they say that Abrahman ibn Auf's buddy was like yani, uh, trying to be nice to him, or yani, helping him set up a business with the TV, or, you know. 
قال لنا I'll give you half my wealth and I will even if you want like you can marry, have two wives you can marry one of my wives فهي tried to, to, to tell him أنا ترى لا تحاتي أنت خليت all this wealth behind and you came to Medina you have nothing I'm, I'm going to share everything I have with you 50-50 قال you know what I don't need any of the thing uh, any of your things دلني على السوق just tell me where the market is and he goes there and he ends up creating his wealth all, all over again many fold يعني. فthis is the son of one of the murdaat of the Prophet al-Shifa. The third one, Fatima, her, her son Uthman ibn Abi al-As, uh, the Prophet praised him with uh, being someone of, of great knowledge. And Thuwayba, who was a slave girl back then, she also breastfed the Prophet And uh, immediately after Abu Lahab, who was the uncle of the Prophet when he found out this, he freed her immediately. And his slave girl fed the Prophet so that's why they say he was born on a Monday and they say it's, and it's a sunnah to fast on Monday and it's also a sunnah to fast on Thursdays. Anyone knows why? They say that on Thursdays, أعمالنا ترفع إلى السماء basically like for the week. That's like a weekly uh, audit that happens, you know. And so it's a good day to fast if you can, Mondays and Thursdays. Another sunnah fast is أيام البيض which is the 13th, 14th and 15th of every Hijri month the middle months and they say like scientifically there are advantages to that because the full moon usually has an effect on our blood and our hormones we get we get impatient to angry very easily for fasting in those days keeps you cooled down يعني, you know <laughs> yeah, and that's why they say the werewolf werewolf it's always a full moon يعني, because the the animal comes out is it really only for men? And then, of course, he was named Muhammad, named uh, by his grandfather, the one who was praised in the heavens and, in, and, and on earth. Muhammad, from praise and gratitude. Min kithar ma huwa, he did favors and, and changed people's lives. He was Muhammad, Muhammad, and never ending, you know. Uh, by Allah and by, by his creation. Oh, by the way, Thuwayba, uh, the slave girl who, who breastfed him, she had a son named Masruh, who eventually became uh, uh, a blood brother of, or foster brother of Hamza. This kind of like equality in, in, their, in that era where like a, literally a slave girl's son is now the foster brother of يعني, Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib and fa, ma, this equality is unmatched يعني. compare that to اليوم. look at the racism today in the world does it exist? Everyone. yeah and they say racism is the root of uh, at the root of racism is arrogance and pride thinking that you're better than others Unfortunately, hatta hal stand-up comedies. It's all about like making fun of others and mocking, and and people pay يعني, to get mocked at. يعني, I don't know how that works. But uh, it's funny. It becomes an entertainment. يعني. Allah says in Surah Al-Hujurat, "Wala yaschar qawmun min qawmin." Let not one people make fun of another people. Asa an yakunu khayran minhum. Perhaps they're better than you. 
equality is unmatched when يعني, and that's what's beautiful about salah and jama'ah and, and the masjid there could be like a literally an amir a prince standing next to like a laborer a construction worker standing next to a cleaner standing next to a driver you know the only difference Allah says for the only measure really of, of that, that separates us is the taqwa in our hearts and the Prophet ﷺ in one hadith, he actually, like the, the Sahaba who've, who've seen this, they've recorded that he pointed to his, his, his heart and he said three times, which means that you can never tell who is a muttaqi or not. Don't judge, you know, because it's, it's a very, uh, very intimate and very private matter. You know, Allah... Allah doesn't know the state of our hearts. Uh, sorry, uh, we don't know the states of each other's hearts, but Allah knows every single one of us. Yani, you know? That's why the, yani, hatta my teacher gave a beautiful example, like practical example, if you want to know if you're a muttaqi. He said that imagine, like if you were able to take your heart out and put it on a plate and walk around with it for people to see what's inside of it, would you be able to do it or would you be ashamed? If, you're, if you'd be able to walk, walk around and, and people will get to see exactly what's in your heart, if you're okay with that, then mabruk, inshallah, until you're from the muttaqeen. Because you have, uh, mashallah, what you see is what, yani, what's, what's outside is inside. There's no nifaq, there's no shady business, there's no, nothing to hide, nothing to be ashamed of. But if you're unable to do that, if you're ashamed to, then know that there's uh, work to be done, you know. And at the same time, Allah is also very gentle and kind. And He says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ You know? Allah knows that we have different capabilities, but just try your best in attaining taqwa. And so, um, I'll move on to... The, the mawlid of Muhammad Sallallahu compared to Isa Alayhi Very important to note that like, why wasn't the Prophet honored with like a, a Mu'jiz birth? You know, where like, you know, Isa Alayhi Salaam ab ta'arfoon la? But that's, that's pretty remarkable. Fa'ashma'na Rasulullah his birth was a normal birth, you know? Nur, we just mentioned it. But Kastika, like, Ab and Um, and it was a normal pregnancy. You know, of course, it was an easy pregnancy. But Allah is also teaching us in Natara, and he's Bashar. So you can relate to him, you know, you can, don't think of him as an example that's so high that's, you know, we can't relate to exactly. <coughs> um, he's a Bashar, Mithlukum. And uh, of course, he has a special status, but you can relate to him. He is your Uswa. Laqad kana lakum fi Rasulillahi Uswatun Hassana. Hey. 
Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I says. Exactly, yeah. And it starts off with born without a father. Yeah. And no brothers. No brothers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the last kind of visual miracle. After that, there's no more miracles. You need to uh, use this tool called Iqra now. You need to start reading. You need to start thinking and and reading here doesn't just mean reading books but reading from history, being observant of history, reading the signs of God everywhere, being intelligent, you know, like read, educate yourself. Um, Al-Mu'min is extremely intelligent, or, uh, very uh, switched on and and you can't take them for a ride and you know what I mean like it's, a, it's a very important quality to be educated and uh, that, that's why the Prophet said طَلَبُ الْعِلْمِ فَرِيضَةٌ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ like, it's not an option yani. you have to seek knowledge and here knowledge is worldly knowledge as well as uh, deen knowledge you know Um, it's yeah, it's a it's a personal mu'jiza that not many people saw. In that sense, yes, uh, it's it's more of a personal uh, experience for the Prophet Sallallahu witnesses of you know that's happening. Um, and then so there's no stick of Musa Islam. There's no safinat nuh for escaping. Kill bil asbab. You know, like Allah wants to teach us in I've given you freedom of choice. And I've given you this mind. I've given you the Quran and the Sunnah as an example. Yalla, work. Get, get to work, you know. Um, and the way that you can yani, transform this world is through your character. Like, antum al-mu'ajizah. I love this uh, statement, you know. And I don't wait for external miracles. You are the miracle now. Because what was one of the biggest miracles of the Prophet Yes, absolutely. He had a very special way of, of conveying the message. But يعني, the ulama say that the true fruits of the miracle or the real miracle that was manifested on earth was the Sahaba. Like the, the character of the Sahaba, this, this legacy that he left behind of people who had extreme uh, reverence and, and uh, uh, and Allah and ikhlas and akhlaq and kindness and like that akhlaq and, and value structure that was left in these in the hearts of these believers is unmatched uh, in any any time of history. Yeah. And they've done so much. And they've done so much. They have done like my mom always tells me like about Nabi and the Sahaba and stories about them and they loved him 
exactly exactly yes yes and so studying the lives of the sahaba that's another journey inshallah once we finish seerah yeah, sure. that'll be season two inshallah <laughs> studying at, we'll start with mathalan al-khulafa al-rashidin abu bakr umar uthman ali and then uh, umar bin abdul aziz they say he's the fifth khulafa al-rashidin uh, and then inshallah al-ashra al-mubashirin bil-jannah there's like 10 right like Ten Sahaba who the Prophet guaranteed paradise. Already we know them يعني, by name. That's pretty, pretty incredible. وَحَتَّى فِي نَهَايَةِ سُورَةِ الْفَتْحِ شُنَا مَعْنَاتِ فَتْحِ The opening or the conquest or like, literally like victory. Okay. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يعني, when you think of victory, what do you think of? Winning a war, a battle. صح ولا لا? فَأَتْ the end of the surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what the victory was. And can you guess what the, vic- the real victory was? Huh, anyone? The Sahaba. Muhammadun Rasulullah. Walladheena ma'ahu ashidda'u ala al-kuffar. Ruhama'u baynahum. Tarahum rukka'an. Sujjadan. You know, describing the Sahaba. Like it's it's an entire beautiful ayah. Uh, uh, the last one, تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون فضلا من الله ورضوانا سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مثلهم في التوراة. And Allah keeps going on and on and on and praising the Sahaba for. Uh, and, and and why is this the concluding ayah of Surah Al-Fatih? Because that was the Fatih. You know, close to the end of the life of the Prophet this was the legacy. These are the fruits of the Qur'an and the teaching of the Prophet as an example for all of us to follow. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to make us people who listen to this knowledge and apply it in our lives, in our best capabilities, and for Him to guide us and to protect us and to give us the tawfiq to benefit from these beautiful lessons and to apply it in our lives and share it with those who we love around us, inshallah. بارك الله فيكم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب 